Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> that was literally like the perfect timing. The heater just shut off all the way. Nice. That's great. Nice. That's oh. great. That's great. That's good stuff. Wow. Is this Do a new we, episode? Uh, it sure we... is a new episode. Wow. It's a very it's a very, very special episode. This is a fantastically special episode. If you guys know this, if you're aware of where we're at in our podcasting journey. Uh-huh. That's right. This is oh, episode. Yes. Yeah. 69, baby. This is episode 69. We made it to 69. And I think a very appropriate film for uh, that special number. Um, It really is. Well, hello, everyone. That's not that. That was coincidence and serendipity all rolled into one there. That's right. Indeed. It's beautiful. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the film majors. I am Zach. I am Mick. I am Alexis. And y- you may notice that uh, despite uh, Mick and I living in the same place, we uh, were, were broadcasting in from different locales. And how would, you might how be asking would yourself, Zach, what are you that? doing over there? You might be asking yourself, Zach, what are you doing over there? You know, you might be asking <laughs> yourself what's going on. Yeah, there we oh! go. Christ. Was that an Alexis? attempt, Alexis? <laughs> no, I okay, totally good. forgot. Yeah. Well, I have I'm a so question. <laughs> I, have, I, I have a question, Zach. You always say, you might notice that we're, we're, we're recording from different locations. How do listeners know that? We know uh, it. The sound quality is different. Yeah, it's the sound quality. Okay, I guess. You, the, you audiophiles. I mean... If you're, yeah, if you're a, an I'm eagle-eared not, I listener. I wouldn't even say I'm an audiophile, but it is noticeable. Maybe a little audiophile. Yeah. Yeah, you're a little bit of an audiophile. You're, you're definitely a little bit of an audiophile. It's disgusting. I like editing. That's probably why I am a little bit of an audiophile. Well, so what is going on, majors? folks? Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. on a business trip. I'm in fucking Chico right now, so I'm staying in a little loft. It's cute. I've gone to a couple different restaurants, mostly coffee places, because live on coffee right now. Um, and yeah, Zach, what are you doing over there, wherever it is that you are, because this is, in fact, a visual medium. Indeed, indeed, everyone can see. Uh, I am uh, up in the Bay Area in San Rafael on uh, a little writer's retreat with uh, past and future guest Mr. Uh, Drew Patterson. We... Uh, we shot an independent feature together last uh, last October. You may recall if you listen to our spooky season episodes. Uh, mm. And yeah, we're uh, we're cooking up our next thing. We're uh, I think it's uh, fair to say we're about seventy five pages into a uh, a little original slasher flick that we're uh, hoping to hoping to Hell get yeah. off the ground in the next few years. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and consequently, I did watch uh, something that I guess could be categorized as a slasher film, which was uh, a movie called Triangle. It's a it's a 2009 uh, kind of somewhat trippy 
quasi slasher movie uh, set on a big cruise ship. Um, mm. And I, I don't think it totally came together for me. And uh, it does kind of look like it was colored with like just like a preset you would find in uh, Da Vinci Resolve, which is uh, for those who don't know <laughs> a, uh, a coloring software. Um, mm-hmm. It just it looks like they just kind of slapped a filter on it and called it a day. Um, uh. But it's got good atmosphere. It's a it's a good original concept. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm glad I saw it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to uh, plumb the depths of uh, slasher films this week and see what I find. Hell yeah. Wow. That's a fun uh, homework assignment. We should all be so lucky. Indeed, indeed. Alexis, have now, you seen any movies? Have I seen any movies? What an what an excellent question. I actually like fully can't even remember if I have seen any movies. I don't think that I have, to be honest. It's been a, Nick, have you seen any movies? I've seen so many new movies. Oh my gosh. My my quest to make up for long lost time of not seeing a lot of 2023 titles. Well, that's not even true. There I've seen quite a few, but I've added more to the list here. Um, I, I talked to you two about this previously, but listeners, um, I want you to know that I've been putting in the hard work and it's been awful. I've been plumbing the depths of hell and depravity because I, uh, unbeknownst <laughs> to me, created one of the worst runs of uh, films that I've seen in quite a while. So I'm just going to go down the <laughs> list here. I Since our last episode, I have seen in order... The new film, Society of the Snow, which is fantastic. I almost mm-hmm. gave that five stars. Would have been that's the one J. and only five-star film. That's that's J.A. Bayona who made The Orphanage, right? That's correct. Yes. <gasps> is Fuck it? Yeah. Yes. I got it. I got oh, it. Is, it. I started is an it and I haven't finished film. it. Uh, yeah, but everyone it, you in know, my family's been watching it. <laughs> it's about survival. It's about the brutal elements of nature. And it is about cannibalism. So I thought I'd follow that up with When Evil Lurks, which is a horror film (laughs) that Zach put in his top 10 list, which is about (laughs) demonic possession in Argentina. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it as much as Zach, but, uh, you know, it has its merits. Um, And then I follow that up with a lovely palate cleanser. And I believe it or not, this is the nicest feel good film of my series. The Iron Claw Um, saw this in theaters. I think that uh, Godzilla minus one to you, Zach, is the Iron Claw to me, which is a movie that everyone around me is kind of losing their minds about. And I am not. It's good. Uh, It's very good. But it didn't it didn't blow me away the way it is with so many other people. I thought the first two acts were a little slow. Um the uh, the Ric Flair actor that they got really took me out of the movie. <laughs> I didn't think he did a good Ric Flair. Um, I thought that was distracting, See, not, but I will I'm say... I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar enough with Ric Flair to speak on that. Uh, and then the last 45 minutes, though, is, is really, really good. Zac Efron is absolutely incredible. And like I said in my um, letterbox review, he's so, so good. He carries the weight of the film, even if he does look a little bit like human Shrek from Shrek two, they should have called this the iron oh jaw. God. Um, then <laughs> he does kind that, of look like he kind of looks like a guy who like 
medieval peasants would like throw rotten fruit yes. at us. And yes. they, they would call the oaf. Uh, yeah. It's, it's something about how jacked he is and the haircut. Yeah, you said that. Now, to be fair, I want to say I, I say that affectionately because I know part of why his face looks like that is because he had corrective surgery um, after an accident, yeah, he, including yeah. the weightlifting. So he's had surgery, so uh, I'm nothing against the guy. And then I followed um, that film up the next day. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was just saying, I think I'm mostly saying that not because of uh, the shape of his face, but more because of just like how he's styled in that movie. Yeah, Both his haircut. Like he is, his haircut is insane, and he is so huge. He, that he it's does look just, a bit. There's some peasantry happening with him for sure. Yeah, uh, some peasantry. Yeah, some peasantry. He looks like an extra in <laughs> the Holy Grail. What? What happened to you in England, man? Um. <laughs> then the next day, I followed that up with um, Jonathan Glazer's The Zone of Interest, uh, which is the uh, Auschwitz wow, that's a really film. strong ending there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie was, this movie actually had me quite distraught. Um, the Society of Snow, I uh, actually felt it was the most unsettling film of 2023, then I watched The Zone of Interest, and it is the second most unsettling film because Zone of Interest takes first by a uh, long shot. Um, Jonathan Glazer describes it as two films in one, the one movie that you hear, another one that you see, and seeing the Nazis just having their day-to-day routines, which are remarkably similar to a regular family, I think... Uh, just shows how fucking monstrous they were. And it's 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 a really unsettling film, not fun to watch at all. I'm probably not going to rewatch it, but uh, I think it's required viewing, quite honestly. Yeah, it's I, like I, you, you need to sit through it because I've never yeah. seen a Holocaust film like this. It's it's yeah, it's it's crazy. No, I'd I'd agree with that. I'd also say like sitting with that more. That's a like it's a good movie about how if we don't see something like depraved happening, something morally objectionable, morally objectionable happening in our society, we can ignore it and we can, you know, grow comfortable and complicit with it. Uh, Yeah. That's a, that's a really disturbing film. And what did you wrap up with Mick? And then I wrapped up with uh, May, December, because uh, I was like, oh, I've heard this is kind of funny. I've heard that oh it, it has its moments. Uh, and th- I, I did not know that it was Disturbing. about pedophilia. Oh, my God. Um, oh, you didn't know? I, I had I went into May, Woo! December knowing nothing. Like, oh. I knew nothing about this film. Uh, but uh, I do what have a, to say what a, it has what a delight. <laughs> I have to say, I think it had one of the funniest endings of a movie I've seen in so long. Natalie Portman <laughs> doing her, are you scared? Don't be scared. With the lisp. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Um, so that that was my awful uh, uh, film fest. Uh, but then actually, I, I had a wonderful uh, uh, night recently with a former... Uh, and hopefully future guest Kristen uh, Samito, uh, we saw her, um, not her film, but she worked on it, Destroy All Neighbors, 
which is oh, now a fun. Shutter exclusive. We went to one of the cast and crew screenings, and it is a really fun uh, splatter comedy uh, with really cool makeup. One of the one of the makeup artists who did Gremlins did like a lot of the practical effects on this. Um, it looks pretty good. Uh, it's a fun time. It's worth checking out for sure. Um, and uh, then I saw another film, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to wait until we talk about our topic of the day. Mm. Uh, Alexis, did you did you determine if you saw any films or not? Um, I did not review any films on my letterbox, which leads me to believe that I did not watch anything this week. And I believe that that, that is true. <laughs> I feel like that is like, I feel like the most... court proceeding. <laughs> <laughs> to the best of my recollection I did not view any I'll films. be honest I'll be totally honest like being on this work trip like I there's literally a dispensary across the street from the Airbnb where I'm staying at so I just <laughs> so you've been I doing literally, I hadn't had gummies in like weeks because I ran out and I was like I don't need to spend any more money on weed and then like I was like well I am gonna go walk to go get some lunch and so yesterday I walked to the dispensary first and got some gummies and then walked to my I thought you were gonna say you went to the dispensary and you got your lunch oh well that yeah I no I would have been way too high like I literally ate two gummies yesterday and I was honestly too high I, I would argue that, you know, when I'm stoned, that's watching movies is about the only thing that I can do because uh, I get yeah. scared when I do weed. I get I get anxious. You know, uh, well, I've 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 cut weed out of my life because I found that it was fun watching movies high, but I wouldn't remember it. I wouldn't yeah. remember it as well. And I also like would get more easily distracted like with my phone and shit i feel like if i'm sober with a film i can like actually focus and sit with it and actually remember what the hell i just watched but uh you yeah know. that's fair well i was having i was having a really nice run of seeing movies in theaters um for a while and then like this month's just been like really busy well first of all i think i was honestly a little fucking burnt out from the two weeks that's two fair. to three weeks of like yeah. intense <laughs> watching movies in theaters that i did to try to fucking get that list for last week oh man yeah I, before whatever i feel that when i was in england for three weeks i didn't see any new movies in the theater except for one ferrari and I was like craving it, so I've I've been yeah. like on a movie fast, and so now I'm you're, just you're eating it up, and I put myself in a hole of despair because of it. It's like it's basically <laughs> like I it was like cinematic bulimia that I had. I was just like binging, and then that's a just, fucking crazy way to put that. It just yeah, yeah. I just purged it all. <laughs> it's awful. Wow. Wow. Well, well, do we have anything else going on in our in our? I have line? a question. Well, Alexis oh. has a question. Um, have you guys seen the trailer for the something called Founding Fathers? No. No, I've seen the poster for it, though. I keep thinking it's a Why Purge it? film. That's exactly what I thought. It was like, I saw it, and then I was like, is that a Purge movie? And then I watched the, the thing, and I was, the trailer, and I was like, no, this is not a Purge movie. Yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> no, I've seen the poster twice, Man. and I'm like, oh, there's a new Purge film. And then I look close, I'm like, no, there isn't. I feel like they're capitalizing on the whole, Listen, on the whole Purge fest. 
if yeah, there like were the, a new it's giving a purge vibe. The purge if vibe. there were a new purge movie coming out, <laughs> both of you would have already heard about it. I'm sure. Yeah. There's oh, one. There's a script being developed. Speaking of uh, of uh, new trailers, this it doesn't have to do with a movie, but there's a new TV show. Um, okay. This this strikes close to home for all three of us, and okay. for our most loyal listeners, this is important for them because our first episode of all time, we talked about what film? The, the gentleman. gentleman. The gentleman. Guy Ritchie is making a. The Gentleman TV show. Now, I have no idea if it's going to be good or not, but there was a trailer that dropped today, and my man Vinny Jones is in it, and we got Ray Winston, and that's all I need. Oh, fuck yeah. Ray Winston and Vinny Jones are in it, and I fucking love Vinny Jones. He, I, He's always been underused. What's Vinny he, Jones been in? He was in, uh, he was in Snatch. He's the oh, guy that's yeah. smashing the guy's head in the car and then picked up the phone and goes, Bonjour. He's like a former <laughs> he's a former soccer player turned actor. Um, uh, Alexis. Isn't that the guy who's in Gone in 60 Seconds? Yes, I was just going to say that. Yeah, he's, the, he, oh, he's in Gone in 60 Seconds. I love him. Yeah. I love him. He plays the mute okay. dude who's the mortician. I forget his name. Sphinx? If no. we... If we didn't bring him up during that one episode where our topic was like your favorite that guy, I should have named him because every good, time I yes. fucking see him, I'm like, I fucking love you, even when you're not even talking. <laughs> yes, fuck. That's a correction corner for all of us. Absolutely. Vinny yeah. Jones is 1000% one of those guys, that guys. There we go. That's an, an addendum to our uh, Empty Man episode, which uh, I also watched this week. Uh, yeah, I saw uh, yes. you How, showed your friend go? Drew and he gave it three stars. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, he doesn't get it, man. I you just don't what? even okay. think he gets us, man. <laughs> to be fair, though, that is a movie that like the first time I saw it, I knew I had seen something like pretty special, but I also don't know if I quite got it. I think that's a movie you have to watch multiple times to really appreciate it. Yeah, I that's more or less what I told Drew is that he should watch it again in a few months because that that is a movie that uh, much like The Empty Man has uh, grown within me like a virus. So, yeah, uh, if that's if that's it, I say we hop out of what's going on. All right. So. <laughs> Great. This is good. I I love how we're chuckling about visual gags that we're doing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I really wanted if you, to say good job, Mick. It is such a visual medium. Everyone will see if you, you ever that. just kind of like hear us chuckling on this show and you're like, they didn't say anything funny. There's things you can't see. You can't see Mick's gorgeous face right now. There's all kinds of stuff that, you know, maybe someday what we'll... Wait, Mick, Maybe someday we'll record this. The UK, uh, did you get your eyebrows done? Yes. Who was it by? Yeah, I got it uh, at a Turkish barber shop. <laughs> your eyebrows were crazy in the picture that you posted about that. Oh. They're so yeah. sharp. They are Go sharp. Yeah, our... well, I wasn't expecting it. He just put a comb and zzz, <laughs> like right across my eyebrows. It's fucking shocking. <laughs> Go you know, to, okay, Go you know, to here's our... Here's the thing. Uh... 
you know, I, I know we're out of the fucking what's going on, but you know what is going on in this world, in this country, is absurd barbershop prices. My haircut yeah. in England, I want you to guess how much a full fade haircut, eyebrow trim, ear trim, nose trim, I'm not kidding, and shave. Guess how much that costs in American dollars. Was it a, was it a tuppence? Oh, shit, American dollars, sorry. Um, yeah. 20 bucks 65 20 it was 25 bucks 25 bucks which Holy is like roughly shit. 20 pounds in uk and like here that's like a 70 60 thing i mean yeah. los angeles yeah i know but still it's insane yeah. absolutely insane that's cr- yeah no i i got my haircut uh like right at the end of uh the year and it cost me like 65 bucks i think it's crazy uh, and like i got a shave too and like that's you know, I've I've gotten cheaper I haircuts get... in LA, but like if you want a quality haircut, you gotta you gotta spend at least that amount of money. It's insane. Yeah, I uh I only get my haircut in what my father, who also lives in this neighborhood, lovingly terms the hood. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get those head. I get those those good good prices like I literally pay like $15 to get my hair cut oh that's tight is it okay. in someone's garage no it's just this lady is like as old as my mom maybe a little older maybe I think she is older than my mom and she's been at the same little salon for like oh that's cool fucking 40 50 years nice support local so- businesses folks Here's here's a a call out to our L.A. listeners. If you uh, know a quality, cheap haircut place that cuts curly hair, shoot us an email uh, because I would love to pay less than that for a haircut. Filmmajorspod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. And then I did find a place to cut my hair in Van Nuys when I was living in L.A. for only thirty five dollars. And I was like, hell Yeah, yeah, brother. There was a place that I was going to. Yeah, there was a place that I was going to that was about thirty-five bucks in Van Nuys as well, but mm. they were not. They were doing me a little dirty. Um, so, so yeah, you have why, very curly why hair. is today's topic where to get your hair cut? What is what does that have to do with today's <laughs> film? Alexis, take it away. Oh my um, god! It's called having ADHD, bro. <laughs> um, no. So, what were we talking about? Oh, Let's yeah. rope uh, this in. Our big topic. <laughs> to be fair, so, I started this, so I'll, I'll rope it back in. But to today's topic so, is yes. Uh, our MVPs, acting MVPs from the year two thousand twenty-three. Does that rhyme? Hell yeah. Our twenty twenty-three acting MVPs sure does rhyme. Yes. Fuck yeah! I love that. So. Yeah, uh, to explain the big topic a little bit, these are what I was envisioning (laughs) is people who have turned in multiple solid performances in the year 2023. I don't think we have to be limited to just film because there's a few actors who I think did good movies, but also did good work on television this year. Um but yeah, who uh, who wants to take it away? Who who was doing good work this year? I'm gonna go last. Yeah, take it take it away, someone else. All right, the one that jumped immediately to mind for me was uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The summer of 2023 was the summer of Wiggum. 
Mr. Shea Wiggum, both in uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 as Briggs and uh, voicing uh, Captain Stacy in uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was just turning in really fucking great work. Uh, and I was I was very happy to see him. Uh, so Shea Wiggum was the one that jumped to mind. I know he was also in uh, that film with Anne Hathaway, uh, Eileen, which I missed. Uh, mm. But I'm sure he was great there, too, because Shea Wiggum, he's the man. He turns in fucking good work whenever you cast him. And this summer was no exception. Nice. Can I ask a clarifying question? And this is why I didn't want to ask go a first. clarifying question uh, with our main topic. This has to be an actor that has been in multiple things in 2023. Uh, that's how I was envisioning so, it. But I don't even know if I've seen enough to t- <laughs> to do. Because I didn't catch that caveat. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to do just the people that I'm like, you know what? That was solid. And, or yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I think we can all have a little leeway on it because that's fine. That's who we are. <laughs> it's our fucking show. Exactly. 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 We make the rules. Alexis, you want to go next? Oh, so I am going next. And you know what? I will say this. Um, Haley. Wait, fuck. What's her name? Atwell. Haley, Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. Holly ba- oh, oh, Holly, no. Uh, Holly Bailey. Fuck. Uh. Hallie oh, Bailey. Bailey. Hallie Bailey. The Hallie Baby. New Mermaid woman? <laughs> Did you just say Hallie Baby? <laughs> no. This is this is just like last night when I was trying to send an email high and I said Hallie Kelly and then I got that before I sent it. Hallie Baby. <laughs> okay, uh, so, so Hallie Bailey. Bailey. Yes. Um, so she was in The Little Mermaid, which, you know. I did personally like this movie. Um, Autumn movie of the year for me. Embarrassingly. Uh, <laughs> that's very <laughs> funny, Zach. You'll find out why soon. Uh, but she was also in The Color Purple, and I thought she was also really good in that. Nice. Um, I need to see yeah. that. I think, yeah, it's it's good. It's uh, I think, like, the first half was like, mm, I think I could get into it, maybe. I Like, it had some good, like, the choreography was crazy, mm. really good, but... Anyways, yeah, you should definitely go see it. I've never seen the original um, but, either. Oh, really? I grew up watching that as a kid with my sisters. Oh, yeah, um, I loved that movie when which, I was a kid. Yeah, so it had big shoes, I think. But the Iron Claw, Zac Efron, I must yes. say, I was really just like, I want to say like blown away because like I've seen Zac Efron in a lot of things and like I think he does has done like really good comedy work. I just like I've never seen him. I haven't seen him since like Charlie St. Cloud in like a really like like a dramatic kind of role, you know, and then with the added like instead of the romance in Charlie St. Cloud, like kind of overtaking, I think, some of his dramatic moments. This movie, you really see him. I don't know. He's just grown a lot. Really, really enjoyed that. Emma Stone and Poor Things. <laughs> Love that girl. She's great. Excellent. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think those are mine. I have okay, I'm some gonna, to rattle off. Or unless Zach, you want to go. I I have a few more to rattle off just in the in the spirit of people doing multiple different projects oh, okay. where they're turning in great work. Um Issa Rae 
also did a voice in Across the Spider-Verse. She was great as President oh, Barbie yeah. in Barbie. And she has. Oh, yeah, she a was fucking great scene in American fiction. Um, like I'm seeing that tomorrow. I think she she has like she's not in the movie a ton, but she has like a couple of really big scenes that she just fucking crushes. So uh, Issa Rae, I'd like to shout out. Um, then uh, speaking of the Iron Claw, uh, I would like to shout out Jeremy Allen White because uh, in addition to the Iron Claw, season two of The Bear came out and he's oh, fucking yeah. fantastic oh, yeah. in that. Season two of The Bear will be coming up later. Um, but... Speaking of uh, other people who are in that show who are not in the film we're talking about today, uh, Ebon Moss Backrack. Uh, yeah, he uh, has a small but very funny role in uh, No Hard Feelings. Um, yeah, he, he turned in really great work there. And then um, going back to poor things, uh, Margaret Qualley and Christopher Abbott. Great in Sanctuary, great in oh, Poor yeah. Things as well. Um, that's true. I think yeah. that is, uh, that's probably it for me. So if, if other people want to rattle stuff off. I have Alexis, one more. Go for it. Um, because Jacob Lordy did turn in two solid performances. That's right. And one is in Saltburn. Good pick. And one is in Priscilla. Yeah. Ooh, nice. And you know what? Looked great doing both of them. So <laughs> added bonus. <laughs> um. Well, oh, I'm okay. Th- last one, last one. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Oppenheimer, and Air. Liked him in both. Sorry. I, oh, Go I ahead, completely Matt. forgot I about Air. Air. God damn. Uh, like, okay, well, movie. Zach, you mentioned a movie that I would like to talk about, uh, which is No Hard Feelings. Uh, I one of my favorite performances of the year actually was uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, she was so Fuck good yeah. in that movie as Maddie and also Andrew yeah. Barth Feldman as Percy. Really, yes. really good performances. And then another shout out I really want to give is, um, oh goodness, what is her name? Stephanie Hsu from... Stephanie Sue. Stephanie Sue from Joyride, which I watched yesterday in preparation for today's episode because... Um, quite honestly, uh, after watching Bottoms, I was thinking about how this was a really, I know I'm kind of skipping ahead, really, really great comedy, but No Hard Feelings, also really, really good comedy. And you guys both went so, you guys were ranting and raving about Joyride. So I was like, okay, this is a female led film. Apparently it's a really good comedy. So I'm going to watch it. It was hilarious i think out of all of the right? comedies that came <laughs> yes! out i think of all the comedies that came out of 2023 joy rides my favorite i had no yeah, hard feelings as my favorite I comedy but it was you kind of regretted choosing bottoms because of Joyride. because i but but it's like it's just, i don't know but like i know i'm gonna rewatch Joyride, but i'm really glad that i rewatched bottoms yeah i was like i kind of want to watch the trifecta of female led and in some cases directed films in comedy that pretty much kicked ass last year. Um, And it's like, honestly, a tremendous triple feature. And if I had to rank them, I would put Joyride at the top, No Hard Feelings, 
and then the movie that we're going to talk about as as my bottom. But uh, I still <laughs> really enjoyed it. I still really really What's, enjoyed it. I mean, but yeah, Stephanie Sue was so good with her so frenetic good. boofing. That scene <laughs> was insane. Um, that mo- oh my god. Absolutely incredible. You know, Ashley Park was also really, really good. Sherry Cole was fantastic. Sabrina yeah. Wu, fucking like yeah. sneakily MVP of that film. So fucking yeah. funny. I She's love so her introduction funny. where we see this character that's like, oh, so destructive. And we're panning on this like, you know, beautiful goth girl and the camera. And she keeps walking pans by. And that's not who Deadeye is. Dead Eye is actually this person that just like enters frame at the airport. Super, super funny. Great visual <laughs> gags. Um, holy fuck. Funny. Well, I really I, want to rewatch that movie. I think that that's a fine place to transition to our uh, movie for this episode if nobody has anything else pressing. Um, Nor, go ahead. All right. Well, Bottoms is a 2023 film directed by Emma Seligman. And it stars uh, Ayo Edabiri, I think I butchered her name last time, uh, and Rachel mm-hmm. Sennett. Uh, and here's the description. Unpopular best friends PJ and Josie start a high school fight club to meet girls and lose their virginity. They soon find themselves in over their heads when the most popular students start beating each other up in the name of self-defense. That's a bad description. It is. It makes it unclear that this is a movie about uh, two loser lesbians who start a fight club to get laid. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know what? This is real gay rights right here is uh, the latitude to be fucking awful people because PJ is such a fucking piece of shit. No, ah! I, I was watching some interviews with Emma Seligman, who uh, looks eerily like my girlfriend. Um and she uh, she was talking about uh, how she is not interested in writing aspirational gay characters. She wants to write Amen, gay sisters. people who yes. suck. Well, uh, and yeah, I think that's progress so, to not have to like like be this. I was this. just thinking that. Yeah, I, yeah, you don't I've, you don't have to be perfect. You should get to that, be flawed. Yeah, that's a that's a complaint yeah. that I've had for a while. Now, this is probably dangerous territory because, you know, I'm a I'm a cis white male, but tokenism with queer characters or people of color um, in film bother me when you have a white led cast or a heterosexual led cast. And then you have one character that's either queer or a person of color as that token character and then that is enough for the film to satisfy that oh we have representation even if they're just playing the same stereotype that we've seen for 30 years what kind of like what we're talking about here is giving them the latitude to play a whole plethora of characters there's a whole range of what kind of person you could be and to have a movie like this where you have you know, really lovely queer characters, like predatory queer characters, like bully queer characters. It's like it's the full spectrum. And that's fucking cool. Like that is cool because it gives them characters to sink their teeth into. And it's and it's fucking funny. It's great. I just I 
I love that it's not like a, I'm discovering I'm gay and then like all of it or, or just like your first gay queer relationship or something and like how that changed your life. And I just love how mundane their lives are, but also the fact that like they're ridiculed because they're gay and untalented. Yes. Yeah, that's oh, no, I wrote like, down, maybe it's I wrote because down we're the gay and then they see that guy. I, I, no, I literally <laughs> wrote down the line of dialogue uh, where... Uh, Io says, uh, this school has a real gay problem. And then uh, Rachel Sennett goes, no one hates us for being gay. They hate us for being gay, untalented, and ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this so script funny. has some great lines in it. Here's, here's what it I'm really going to say. Uh, and granted, I haven't rewatched Joyride, but I've also been thinking about, like, there were three really solid women-led studio, like, true out-and-out comedies that came out this summer. Um, I think that Bottoms is the movie that I have the most problems with on a script level, uh, Mm -hmm. just in terms of, like, how it's constructed. But I think that overall, like... I think that No Hard Feelings and Joyride are more, like, efficiently told stories, particularly, like, No Hard Feelings just runs really smoothly. I don't have a lot of issues with it. But for me, I think Bottoms might be my favorite of the three on a rewatch because the highs of Bottoms are very high for me when this movie makes me laugh it makes me like snort and (laughs) piss myself and spit out my drink it makes me cackle like there many of the notes that i was (laughs) taking on this movie were just lines of dialogue um the uh bit where uh PJ and Josie walk into their fight club on the first day and uh, Rachel Senate goes, what the fuck? These girls are ugly. Um, Marshawn <laughs> Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, who I'm going to get into later, uh, teaching a history class, the Holocaust. It happened. It happened. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, points at the like school shooter kid. Yes, the it did. goth kid. Yeah, that's that Dude, one. Really okay, good. him at the end of the movie in the bloopers reel, he says, uh, "Y'all were just out here forty two faking for the bacon." You know what I'm saying? Like, you understand? You you see what I mean? Like, I, would, I don't know why, but that shit killed me. Like the, bloop, the fact that there's like of, bloopers in the credits really yes! is just so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. This was the first time we've had blooper credits in like forever, and that was great. Yeah. It's about time yeah, we okay, got wait, those wait. again. Other thing that I really enjoy. Fuck! I lost my train of thought. Well, somebody okay. go. Well, hold on. Actually, Alexis, if I may, bounce it back to you for a second. This is your pick yeah. for the month, right? This is my pick for the month. I yes. wanted, oh. Okay, take it away. Yes. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Well, I just Mike. wanted go to ahead. ask, you know, I, w- I was 
on my last episode, we talked about the creator. There were specific reasons why I wanted to do it. I'm really thankful you, you chose Bottoms because it means we get to discuss comedy. But why did you, why you personally, why did you want to discuss Bottoms for this okay. episode? Well, based on what you guys were saying earlier about, well, what you were saying, Mick, earlier, I kind of like this because I think that I felt the most emotionally connected to Joyride. And I really did like No Hard Feelings. But then, of course, when it gets all like ooey gooey, like towards the end, I'm like, "Uh, do I really care that much? A little bit. I don't know. Um, But the thing I like about Bottoms is that even the parts that try to have like more of an emotional center read a little bit more campy and like soap opery and like it kind of is really fun for me. Mm. (laughs) Um, Can we? Yeah. Can we get into? I think. Oh, man. Sorry. I just I want to ping off that, like, even the serious moments having some jokes, because that some of the serious stuff is where I start to take issues with this movie. But the fucking complicated Avril Lavigne's complicated needle drop when they have their friend (laughs) kills me. Sorry, please keep going. Um, I love the fucking the gay Yoda that she goes and like has just like a random conversation with like, honestly, the movie just like (laughs) it's so silly, you know, and it's not I love the fact that it's not trying to be a lot more than just fun, you know. Um, and I think that's what I really enjoy, even though, like, obviously I was way more emotionally connected to Joyride at some point, you know. Um, and I do think that Joyride was more of like a consistently like got me to laugh. I really enjoy the like cackle laughs I get from watching Bottoms and just like some of the just out of pocket things people say. Yeah, the. Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mick. Well, I, I was going to say, I think we're we're all kind of uh, saying the same thing here, more or less. But me personally, I know, you know, it's inherently shouldn't, you know, compare movies really because they're not in competition with each other. But that's what we do on this show. And by posing <laughs> we made a list the and whole, we talked about it for four hours, the trifecta of no hard feelings and joyride with bottoms. Um, I feel like they're all trying to do things different. They're, they're kind of different comedies. And yeah. the reason joyride worked for me so well is because it's, it's just, it's just like a good old fashioned, like 2000s era raunchy road trip film, but it has, heart to it and it works because it still kind of exists within a world like I know it's outlandish and there's absurdism that happens within it but it's still pretty grounded in reality no hard feelings I think is even more grounded in reality um, but has some really ludicrous moments that one might even believe could happen because of how awkward and uncomfortable they are but bottoms has arguably my favorite type of comedy, which is absolute swinging for the fences, just complete satire, complete lunacy, like Blazing Saddles, like Zucker Brothers film, Naked Gun, Airplane. I would put Bottoms kind of in that world. Wet Hot American Summer. It's, I, I agree with you, Zach, that it's a movie that I think I have the most problems with structurally and maybe even thematically. Yet out of the three... Bottoms is the movie I respect the most because it fucking (laughs) swings for the fences. This has a pep rally in it, folks. If you have not seen the movie, there's a pep rally in this movie where 
the football players have <laughs> the school's best MMA boxer wheeled out in a literal iron cage to beat the living shit out of Hazel, played by Hazel. Ruby Cruz. Fantastic part, by the way. And um, yeah. it doesn't go well. And the whole school, including the, the, the faculty, are cheering this shit on as grand entertainment <laughs> and morale building for the school. Um, that kind of shit, where it's just like, we've completely abandoned reality and we're just being fucking funny right now. I... I miss that in comedies and, and bottom so, fucking goes there. But the problem for me is it is those emotional sincerities, which again are never inherently bad, but I've only seen this once and that part didn't work for me quite as well. I wish it had just left its foot hard on the comedic pedal all the way through kind of like movies like, you know, blazing saddles or naked gun where it never takes itself seriously. But that's just me. Yeah, this is what I want to jump in on that, because, again, watching uh, some interviews with Emma Seligman, who I want to talk about a little bit as a director. Um, mm. She's talked about how Ooh. that like kind of came out of notes when they were developing the movie. Her initial conception of this movie was like all kind of silliness, much like like Wet Hot American Summer or something. That's um, a perfect mm -hmm. example. Yes. Perfect example. I think. I think that I personally might have enjoyed that more. Again, I don't think that the emotional moments in this movie are poorly executed. Mm. It's just I don't I don't want them there. Uh, yes, it's, you know, it's, it's because again, the comedy it's, it's, it's a great is cast. so good. Exactly. Yeah, the well, comedy. I really so good. like. I really like. Um, fuck. What does who does Ao play? Ao. Uh, PJ uh, and Josie. I think she's Josie. Josie I, yeah. I really like Josie. Well, I guess maybe I just really like AO. I, I like the way she plays Josie. Um, so I was actually like really into her. I just fucking hate PJ. <laughs> yeah, I no, I uh this is why I suggested this as the big topic, because if I had to pick an acting MVP for the year, Io Edabiri is my acting MVP of the year. She's fucking great in this movie. She's really funny in theater camp. And she lended her voice to the two animated films I saw that were both really solid. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Damn. And well and doing all of that fucking yeah is in the bear season two Holy and you shit. know wins a fucking Damn. emmy oh my god like, wait she so she was the was stage combat it. instructor love... in theater camp i didn't yes. realize that wow yeah oh shit i haven't seen theater camp but oh that's crazy i love her when she accepted her award and she was like thank you to everybody who answers my crazy ass emails you guys yes. are real ones <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you to my my so much yeah, my agent's assistance. Uh, that was that was awesome. Um, <laughs> so Emma Seligman, her debut feature was a movie I really enjoyed that I believe came out in 2021, maybe 2020. Called I really liked Shiva, it too. Yeah, Shiva Baby. I still have to watch it. Stars Rachel Sennett. Uh, it's also a funny movie, but like more by way of uh, curb your enthusiasm and that it's a lot of like really, really uncomfortable social interactions. Mm -hmm. um, but, <coughs> uh, not, Rachel Sennett's really good at playing an asshole. Yes. 
<laughs> and like she's really, really good. good. Like every single movie that she plays a dick and I'm just like, I fucking hate you. She's really good at being fucking sexy too. What a fox. Um, I know. I was but... just thinking that. Oh my God. I have such a thing for Rachel Sennett. <laughs> Again, another, yeah. another person who kind of reminds yeah. me of my girlfriend. Interesting. <laughs> it yeah, is funny you, seeing... Zach. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I think Hazel's really cute. <laughs> but I I really admire this as like a sophomore feature and like this is the kind of movie that I would like to see a lot of indie directors make as their second movie. We we talked about this a little bit on the creator, but how uh Disney particularly with their Marvel movies kind of has this uh, like indie director to massive, you know, hundred million dollar movie pipeline where like a lot of people will make a good solid indie movie and then immediately make something that's incredibly expensive. And I really mm-hmm. like that. This is like an indie director yeah. taking the acclaim that they got from their last movie and making a solid mid budget follow up where you can see like their skill and ambition as a director growing. Cause I, I like the fight scenes in this movie, the, the final I do confrontation too. on the football field. I thought worked really well. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but the I really one, like the costume design. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but the one yeah. other issue that I want to bring up that I kind of have with this movie is, uh, when we get to our third act and the whole conflict becomes uh, the fight club having to save the football players from this other football team who's trying to kill them. Yeah, I the movie does such a fucking great job building up Jeff and his henchman, Tim. As just like such fucking despicable people that like. I really want to see our final conflict be with them. And it isn't. And like, for me, I I get that maybe it's trying to subvert where you think it's going. But like, this plays as like a, in addition to being like a great kind of like madcap, anything goes wet hot style movie. This for quite a while is like a good classic like slobs versus snobs movie like bill murray and uh fucking uh john belushi did a lot of movies like that in the like 70s and 80s where they would play low class characters in conflict with high status assholes um and that's really fun and we love to see it but like when we get to the end of the movie and the like high status assholes don't really get what's coming to them. It, it leaves me a little disappointed. So yeah, they introduce almost like a higher status asshole in the end of this other football team. Yeah. And we don't have a, we don't a have a personal relationship. On. Yeah. We don't have a personal yeah. relationship. We don't know these guys. They're kind of faceless villains and like, yeah, you know, the fact that the conflict between this, them and this rival team is like so great to the point where like people in the past have been like drawn and quartered and shit. That's funny, but it just like, 
I really, I really liked how much I fucking hated Jeff and their their <laughs> high school and team. Tim. Yeah, oh my Tim, god, Miles uh, Tim, Fowler's yeah, Tim. Tim was incredible. He went to he went to college with my girlfriend. Uh, she, I think, knows. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. He's very funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's he, he's really good. Yeah, I agree with you. It would have been nicer if we had kept it contained within the world established a bit or in the very least of the characters. Um, because, like, I, I was thinking about that angle where, you know, if you do introduce these outside elements, this other football team that has had this history, it just it does feel a little tacked on. Um it's just I don't have a problem. They with, talk about it the whole movie, though. I mean, they do, but that's not where the central conflict is. And and, and they do as again, I, Zach is saying he like I agree with them. They do such a good job of having just these fucking jocks who, by the way, are always in their goddamn football gear, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, it's like <laughs> yeah, that shit's so funny. It, I think it would have been better if you do have if if they were the ones that got their comeuppance instead of. They got their comeuppance in the way, or they learned their lesson by they were saved by the people that they were bullying, and therefore they learned that, oh, you know, maybe we learned the error of our ways, which is just in a movie that goes, that swings for the fences as much as this, I think it would have been better if they just, they got their comeuppance in some ridiculous pineapple infused sort of way. Um, Having said that, though, I don't think it betrays the main characters either, you know, just to play devil's advocate. If you do introduce these external forces, I do believe that these characters would end up doing the right thing and save the day as they do in the film. So I don't think it betrays the main characters. So it doesn't bother me that much. But what I so the first time that I watched the movie in theaters, I kind of was like, what the fuck, man? The fucking footballers. But then when I watched it the second time, I was like, you know what? I kind of get this a little, not get it more, but just like I, I feel okay with it because then they went totally fucking ape shit on them. And you get that like crazy fight, but you don't have any like you don't have any emotional connection to these people. You're just seeing random people get fucking nuked. Yeah, someone, someone <laughs> falls on a fucking sword. It's like that scene yeah, from yeah. Anchorman. Yeah. Like if someone got stabbed. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it kind of makes it a little bit more silly, goofy, and then also I, you know, the, technically, you know, you know the whole time that your main characters are doing shit that's like not right, you know, by like conning these girls into like joining this club for nefarious reasons. So it's kind of nice that like at the end, like they get this. We're not the worst people. <laughs> we're not great, but we're not the worst people in the world. Yeah, and then you I, get this like crazy fight. I don't know. I can I can see that. I I bumped on it less on a second viewing, but like I mm-hmm. just and I think I think it is you know credit to Emma Seligman and her cast that like I feel this way because essentially my complaint is you did too good of a job making your assholes fucking assholes. So I like I just want to see those dudes fucking get it because I care about the girls and I fucking don't like these guys. Um, yeah. So that's I fucking love their teacher. T.S. OK, Mr. So G. Good. This is Mr. OK. Is Thank, so you. I... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. OK, Zach. <laughs> I have to get into Marshawn Lynch. So 
Okay. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you're sort of an indoor cat. You're uh, you're maybe a bit of a dork. Uh, you might be. You might be. You know, pretty into into film and 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 the arts. Uh, you might not be a big football person. I would not consider myself to be a big football person. I very rarely pay attention to what's going on in the NFL. But there was a period of time where I was paying attention to the NFL. And that's because so I was born up in Washington and lived in Oregon for most of my life. So the football team that, you know, I would root for my dad would root for was the Seattle Seahawks. Marshawn Lynch mm. was the running back on the Seattle Seahawks when they uh, won the Super Bowl against That's uh, right. the Denver Broncos, I believe. Whoever Peyton Manning was playing for, I think it is the Denver or the Indianapolis Colts. It was one of those two. It was a horse team. Um, anyways, <laughs> and then uh, the fall again, I, you can tell how closely I follow football. Um, I didn't even know this guy was a football player. Yes, oh, he, didn't? he was. Yeah, he's uh, NFL, no, I, baby. I was just like, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> I believe that his uh, nickname was Beast Mode just because he was so fucking great as a running back. The year after the Seahawks won the Super Bowl against uh, Peyton Manning, they were back in the Super Bowl again playing the New England Patriots. And it was right down to the wire. The Seahawks were down by a few points. They were at the one yard line. They were right there, ready to get a touchdown, run the clock out, and fucking win the game. However, somebody decided to draw up a play that instead of giving it to beast mode Marshawn Lynch and having him run it in, they decided, let's throw a pass, which then gets intercepted, and they lose to fucking Tom fucking Brady and the New England fucking Patriots. And I'm just going to say that I'm glad that Marshawn Lynch has found someone who fucking respects his talents now, because guess what? He's also a good actor. He's so funny in this movie. Yeah, they really drafted up a play for Marshawn Lynch where he really could run it home. And this one, this this is his (laughs) second Super Bowl ring. (laughs) You know, you just even as a kid who didn't really follow sports, there's certain sports related traumas that can happen to you as a, a young man during your adolescence that you will not get over for the rest of your life. (laughs) And I recognize that this is the big one. And I know it's stupid and I know it doesn't matter, but I still think about it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yes. Can I in particular? (laughs) What do you think about Mr. G Alexis? Um, in particular, the part where like they revealed as like having only started the club to sleep with girls and he talks to them after the rally and says something about like, you know, you think everything's fine. And, you know, the green paint, you know, they like the black, the backsplash in the kitchen and you think everything's fine. And then they start dating somebody named fucking. Well, I don't even know what his fucking name was. Uh, <laughs> started dating somebody named. <laughs> Jeffrey or something. I don't think this and is about then, us. 
<laughs> she's like, I don't think this is about us. And then he keeps going and he's like, and then you just like, you know, end up with this club for a little cooch and like says something else that's like kind of leaning towards something sexual. And they're like, I, I, I don't just think don't know you if, can be talking I don't know if you should be like talking this. to us about things like this. Like, <laughs> I, I think it, this might be like inappropriate. <laughs> it's so funny. I really love his uh, timing with everything. And just the, if, if that's just his personality, love it for him. If he was really just like playing that personality, like what a phenomenal job. So apparently a- another thing that came up in one of the interviews I watched, apparently the vast majority of his dialogue is improvised. They were just I like, yeah. It. Oh my we're God. Ju- we're just going to let Marshawn In the bloopers, cook. he was saying some shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, one of my, maybe my single favorite shot in this movie is so like, he's their like shitty history teacher who they bring in as their club advisor. And um, he like starts really getting into the like, you know, female solidarity, feminism angle Feminist. that they're like pitching yeah. as the reason for the club. And there is a gag where he is in like his history classroom and standing in front of the board and like smiling. And then he takes a step away from it. And the board says, feminism, who started it? A, Gloria Steinem, B, a man, C, another woman and like the pride on his face <laughs> in that shot fucking slays me dead it's so funny i'm sorry but the board that comes after the the at the rally and says um presidents why they are all men and why they should continue to be men yeah, yeah. Yeah, after feminism has failed, that that's, the, that's the that's so good. Oh my god! Yeah. So, I'd say uh-huh. let's fucking rattle through some more like top moments, and if we need to pause the recording, the, we can. The car explosion for sure, um, because Hazel's like, yeah, fifteen minutes should be good, and then sets it for fifteen seconds, and then she hits and, her head so hard. The- <laughs> I know. Okay, and then as she's running, she's like, "There's a bomb! A bomb's gonna go off!" And Rachel says, "Like, oh yeah, there's a bomb!" You know? yeah, <laughs> and then Jeff's explodes. car fucking explodes. So good. And then you see, <laughs> and what's great though is then you get a camera shot inside Jeff's bedroom, played wonderfully by Nicholas totally uh, Galitzine, and he's just like, yeah, he's like doing like this ballet thing, uh, which is. Listening to like a Walkman. Yeah, he's listening to it like yeah, like a portable CD player. It was like so he's fucking random. Listening to fucking Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. Uh, yeah, in his the bedroom. music, the music and direction in this movie is dance. great. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Jeff just for a little bit. Um, yeah. Jeff, he is first of all so funny. Like I knew <laughs> he is like such a bastard, but I genuinely love him. He is so overly sensitive like when he's a little baby boy when, when Josie like like run him over run him over and Josie like very like quit in the beginning of the movie like puts the foot on the gas because Jeff is standing in front of it and you just see the car lurch forward and not even touch him and he collapses <laughs> crying and then Tom fuck or Tim fucking comes over and does this battle cry to the heavens that he they will avenge Jeff and honestly, I think my biggest laugh 
in the film was actually from was from Jeff. It was after uh, Isabel, played by Havana Rose Lou, uh, is informed that uh, Hazel's mother and Jeff are sleeping together and they're in the cafeteria. And <laughs> Isabel goes up and is like, did you sleep with Hazel's mom? No, babe. Like, no, I would never cheat on you again. Like, I would never cheat on you, like, again. <laughs> like, like, I love you, babe. That's an ally. And then Hazel's like, yeah, right. And then Jeff goes, shut up, nerd. I fucked your mom. That <laughs> fucking sent me. That, Dude, that shit's fucking so sent me. It was so, the he Jeff, delivered it so well. Oh, my the God. The Jeff moment that fucking gets me is, uh... As a, like, distraction, Hazel and PJ, like, make out uh, in front of the, like, stands at the football game. And, like, one of the cheerleaders who sees them goes, I'm gay. And then uh, the girl who PJ has yeah. a crush Kyle on Gerber. is like, yeah, she's like, I'm not. And then uh, <laughs> Jeff, she's like, I'm not. I just like gay porn. And then Jeff goes... This is nothing like porn at all. Yeah. Porn even real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is so funny. He's he's one of those villains that is just so lovable because he's such a fucking moron. Yeah. Oh you know God. what, guys? Actually, acting MVP right here, Nicholas Galatine. Jeff, Jeff, because Jeff, he was Jeff, also Jeff, in Jeff. Red, White, and Royal Blue, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> That was him? <laughs> yeah, that oh, was shit. him. He played the prince. He played the prince of England. Wow. wow. Range, Jeff. Range, range, baby. Yeah. That range. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Another another thing I have to rattle off. Um, I have to give a shout mm -hmm. out to Havana. Um, she is so good in this movie. Um, the scene in the diner where she learns that Jeff is sleeping uh, with Hazel's mother. Her, it's a close-up on her face, and she's starting to laugh, and she's laughing and laughing, and she's, like, contortioning her face until her laugh mid-shot turns into a cry, and it was so funny. Her facial expressions were, were, were so, so good. Um... I've worked with her a couple of times. She's a really, really talented person, and I fucking wish the last time I'd seen her, I had seen Bottoms before, uh, because, holy shit, I did not know that she had comedic chops. Um, I had to give a shout-out to that. And then her friend, Brittany, played by Kaya Jordan Gerber, the tall, very funny, heterosexual, uh, as it turns out, uh, uh, best friend whose entire personality is contingent on uh, Isabel, so she just goes where she goes. Uh, oh my god, yeah, no, I wrote really I wrote funny. that line down. I wrote that line down. My identity is completely attached to her, so I just kind of go where she goes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, the two other, since Io is my acting MVP, I have to shout out two of my favorite moments from her. One is in, like, the opening scene when she's talking about her plan to eventually get with Isabel when she's like in her 40s she's like all right check oh this God, shit out yes. i don't speak to the bitch for years and then like goes into this whole thing <laughs> of how she's going to show up in a suit at their like 20 year high school reunion after isabel's life has completely fallen apart and swoop in and swoop in and rescue her uh 
And she then, says something like she's run down, like she's run down, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that whole monologue killed me. And then, so the the central part of why these girls are able to start the Fight Club is there's a misunderstanding where a rumor gets started that they went to juvie over the summer. Um, mm. And th- in their first Fight Club meeting, they're telling stories about what happened to them in uh, juvie and... <laughs> Uh, after PJ does her whole thing, she's like, Josie, why don't you go ahead? And uh, Io just goes, yeah, well, uh, Juvie was tough. You know, one time, this girl tried to feed me rat poison. So I took her out into the yard, and then I punched her so hard that she died. (laughs) Her delivery (laughs) of that fucking murders and then her like backtracking and being like well no she she was brought back to life and we actually had like a really productive conversation like she just she brings (laughs) this awkwardness to this movie that i feel like i've only really ever seen pulled off by like maybe michael Sarah. it's it's not the same but just like the level of like really authentic it's so mouse-ish yeah like teen weirdness i i have to respect it it's so good also, okay, her wait, letterboxed is that, hilarious. What about that one girl who was always like, I'm going to kill my stepdad. Also good. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes. Holy shit. Her character <laughs> was so funny. She, who, who plays like, her? Like, she's, she's always must be huffing or huffing. What did they say at the beginning? Like, you can't ever get paint. her to stop like huffing paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she oh, also... She was so good. I'm trying to. I can't, I'm trying to pull up the actress's name. Oh my god. Well, Fuck, she also she probably looks. Yeah. She probably looks pretty different in like her headshot since she's like wearing a beanie and fake braces the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. The okay. The final like little writing gag that I have to give massive props to Emma Seligman for, who is at this point a director who I'm. I'm there for whatever she's doing next. Um, yeah. The bit where uh, PJ finally gets to, like, go back to Brittany's place uh, because she's helping her study for Mr. G's women murdered in history test. That <laughs> fucking slayed me. <laughs> Um, his his well-meaning attempts at feminism being i am going to uh administer a women murdered in history test fucking so good lol love it love to see it yeah Um, this was this was really good and again what i what i love about mr g is like knowing that you have a character like that that is played by a very well-known NFL player. I think that knowledge adds to the comedy of that. And like his, his acting obviously isn't great, but that's kind of the fucking point. Like it makes his character. He, he works for the character. So he's playing. Yeah. It's like, it. T- that's totally in line with this guy who's like, he's doing his best, but is a little awkward. Um, yeah. That I think is inspired casting. I think he did phenomenal acting, to be honest. I don't even, I mean, he, he, he I, I think I that's know, a good comedic performance. Purpose, I think he fucking, he fucking sold that shit. Oh, yeah. No, he did. Absolutely. This, that style works. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Really, really I, well done. I would love to, I would love to see more directors throw Marshawn Lynch in some comedies. He's, he's very funny. Hell yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's something that uh, Emma Sligman understands, just like the directors of Naked Gun, which is if you're doing an out-and-out comedy, you need to put a very successful NFL player in there. Don't. Don't don't bring this towards how O.J. Simpson is in the Naked hey, Gun. Dude, Marshawn Lynch fits, is a nice man who's fits. done nothing wrong. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we but have no, anything actually, else on? Uh, yeah, on I want to say uh, again in in regards to other classic comedies or just good comedies in general. Um, you can have a movie that's funny and that's great, but if you can be rewatchable. I've only seen it once, yeah. but you too have seen it multiple times, and obviously it's grown on you, even with a rewatch. Uh, I think that speaks to uh, how well done this is. And again, th- the problems that I do have with it are like, they're not even necessarily flaws. They're just kind of creative choices that the film takes that... The movie does its comedy and its style of comedy, I think, so well that feels so fresh that when it does something that I feel is a little bit more mainstream comedy, that's what doesn't work for me. So it's not even necessarily a flaw. It's actually a compliment to the film that it does its wackiness so well that when it kind of takes a pause and a break, I'm left a little disappointed. Uh, but overall, I'm really mm-hmm. glad that you picked this, Alexis. I'm glad that I finally got to see it because, um, yeah. Good palate cleanser, guys. Good yeah. good year for, for comedies across the board. This would be a fantastic triple feature with No Hard Feelings, Joyride, and Bottoms. Hell yeah. Alexis, any, any uh, parting thoughts? Any last thoughts on it? Yeah, let gay people be awful like the rest of us. Exactly. <laughs> <Hey>. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Alexis, That's I'm... the thing that I enjoyed the most about this fucking movie is that they're just kind of pieces of shit. I'm just like, ah, some representation. <laughs> Alexis, I'm very excited for you to read this slasher movie that Drew and I are writing because we have a real scumbag gay drug dealer who I think you'll enjoy. Um, That's oh, fun. Fuck yeah. But, uh, Mick, I'm glad you brought up a triple feature. Um, last year, you may recall no. that I was pranked because no. Mick and Alexis no. both did fucking double features. And I was Are you fucking doing a triple feature for your last no. page? No, I'm, that's no, not cool, I'm not. No. I'm not. I'm not. Relax. I'm doing a double feature. No, I'm okay. doing a double feature. <laughs> uh. Christ. Yeah, yeah, I got you scared. Uh, but no, next week we will be talking. We're getting those clicks, baby. We're doing our Barbenheimer episode. We are talking about Christopher yeah. Nolan's Oppenheimer, which uh, you can rent wherever you rent movies. And we are talking about Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which is streaming on Max. So buckle up, everybody. It's going to be a lot of film viewing, but I I think that these are both going to be interesting films to talk about. I'm excited to revisit them. Uh, and God, yeah, it's going to be like uh, a whole fucking day of watching movies. <laughs> yeah, space them out. Um, so, yeah, if you uh, if you would like to find us, the film majors on social media, you can find us at film majors pod on Instagram threads, blue sky and TikTok. And uh, you can shoot us an email at filmmajorspod at gmail.com and complain about how long it took you to watch Barbie and Oppenheimer in a day. It's doable. I did it in theaters. So 
All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm excited to return to these and see how they hold up on a rewatch, even though I've already seen one of them multiple times. Hell yeah. Excellent. All righty. All right, Later, folks. Gang. See you later. Bye. Keep it funny. Bye.